down. Warm's coming. Paris, please. Oh, It's a terrible place to be all the time. Isn't it? It's just, oh my God. Even in 2001, space was against us. Yeah, and you'd think, you know, the movie Wally says there's space out in space. But everyone, <laughs> uh, but wherever people go out in space, they, they find trouble. Death follows. Indeed. Welcome to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And we are here to talk about Prometheus's bastard child. <laughs> Alien Covenant! Prometheus's Bastard in a Basket. Um, the... God, what number is this in the Alien franchise? Let's see, we had Five. Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. Let's count the... You know, Do we count the Alien vs. Predator movies? No. Why not? Because they should never be counted for anything. <laughs> they are technically Alien movies. And then Prometheus, that makes that this the sixth alien movie yeah without counting the alien predator movies yeah this is the sixth movie and uh let's let's let me put it let's start this review off with me trying to set it up in a way so i can try to get ask you a question and we can go from there all right okay so prometheus a film that we've talked about before going way back to near the beginning of our podcasting because i think in maybe it was the fourth episode we had a long discussion about Ridley Scott and his career up to that point. And, of course, Prometheus is a film which is uh, quite controversial, uh, at least if in this podcast. If by controversial you mean terrible, then yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's controversial for a number of people because, you know, it was Ridley Scott's return to the Alien franchise after 35 years or so, uh, give or take a couple years. And... You know, there was a lot of hype, there was a lot of anticipation, and uh, that film provided a lot of uh, visual grandeur and a lot of, you know, it, it's a, I think it's still probably a, a fa fairly excellently directed film, even though the script is a pretty much garbage. Now, it's like, it's like Ridley Scott put all of his effort into directing and shooting this film, and then he assembled the script out of receipts he pulled out of the trash i know ridley scott ridley scott didn't write this film no I'm not no gonna, no well well prometheus well, he it, doesn't write he's not a writer no. he didn't write prometheus but and the fact that ridley scott took this job seeing that script really makes me question his judgment well also just even if he maybe he had a good script at first and then you know they, maybe they brought on another writer and then that's just how it happens sometimes in hollywood the point is the script lost its way uh, pretty quickly in that in that film. Even though I will say that there are there are certain things in Prometheus that still stick out for me in a way, and not in necessarily a terrible way, just in a way that it did impact me. Like the the, the scene where uh, uh, Numi Rapace you know goes into the medical station and operates on herself and pulls out the alien now that might be pretty ridiculous logically speaking how she can even do that but something about the image of her pulling out that weird alien sack thing the uh, little squid uh was impactful my question is is there anything in this movie that might leave an impact for you going on is it garbage michael fassbender hmm he leaves an impact. He is an incredible part of this film. He's just a great actor. He he is uh uh he definitely leaves an impact here, even when you might question certain things that the character is saying or doing, uh, and we're leaving out certain things about what he is in this movie because there's a there's I don't know if there's even a spoiler to that. You but... just can't trust androids. Ever. No. Uh, maybe, well, in Aliens, that was the idea there was, let's have Lance Henriksen this time as the robot. Shh. Spoilers. 
It's 30 years. People have seen aliens by now. And if you haven't seen aliens and you're listening to this podcast, go away. I'm sorry. I just Please I have to don't be honest go away. Here. We need you to no, stay and no, listen no. to we, the we podcast. No, no, no. We need to listen to this podcast. Listen, but I think it's, it's a okay. good it's a good idea for you to watch Alien and Aliens before watching Alien Covenant. I, I disagree. I think you sh- really? you can go into this and it'll be fine. Hmm. Neither of these films the Alien and Alien Covenant are not you are not are only connected in the most tangential ways. You can watch one or the other, and it doesn't matter. All right, but um, so this movie, um, but I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel pretty good about this. Do you? I, I, I feel good, but there's also a part of me that wonders if I just was being entertained by schlock at times especially near the end and i maybe that's a mark of a of a quality but i'm uh, i don't know like i so you would say that this is better than prometheus way better than prometheus yeah yeah you think so i do i don't know and it and it comes down to the big problem that prometheus had this has a much better script Mm. And it looks and it has all the beauty that Ridley Scott brought to Prometheus, except it has a solid foundation underneath it. Mm. So this is a real success. I'd say that I'd have to think about it because I I left the theater with a lot of conflicted emotions. All right. Well, while you process those, let me describe the plot of Prometheus. Yeah. Well, you mean Prometheus or Alien Covenant? Let me describe the plot of Alien Covenant. Prometheus 2, Electric Alien Lou. Go. Okay, so there's a ship called the Covenant, which is heading out into super space to colonize a planet. Yes. And there's an accident, so this crew has to wake up. The captain dies. Yeah. They got a new captain. And they find out there's a signal coming from this perfectly habitable planet that nobody noticed before. And they're like, let's check that place out because it's way closer than the place we're going to, and we can just get there in a few weeks, and we'll be fine. We'll start mm-hmm. the colony. Yeah, there are like two thousand people in cryo sleep, but uh, they are not part of the plot. Uh, and then they land on the planet, and terrible things happen. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good way to sum it up. Thank uh, you. Um, that's why I'm the co-host. Yeah, <laughs> the co-host Andrew Thousand. Um, Jack takes care of all the technical stuff. I do the talkity talk. Yeah, I do some talkity talk too. Um, and uh, the thing to know in this movie, if you've seen Prometheus, then you remember Michael Fassbender in that film was playing. He played an android named David. I would say in this you movie, do he, not need to see Prometheus to understand. I this. don't know. No, I disagree with no, that. I think nothing that, you can get, nothing you can glean from Prometheus is going to make watching it worthwhile in order to watch Alien Covenant. But no, but there are a lot. There are a number of things in this movie that no. are connected to Prometheus. Oh yeah. yeah, they're connected in the broadest sense, in that they share characters. Oh, it's characters Nothing and Nothing in ideas? the script of Prometheus sets up anything that happens in Co- Alien Covenant. Well, and I'm not just saying that because Prometheus is terrible. <laughs> I'm saying that because writing-wise, these two are divorced as... I don't know. I think that this movie is still trying to... Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I think occasionally, though, this movie, though, is still trying to traffic in approaching those bigger ideas that Prometheus did. You mean, like, Prometheus failed to do <laughs> See, I the thing with Prometheus again. We've talked about this. I might like Prometheus a little bit more than you. I still think it's a troubled movie, but I feel like there was a lot of promise and intrigue in the first half. None of which then, paid off. No, 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 it didn't. But here, I I actually was very invested in it in the first half too. That was, and then a character gets introduced halfway through the movie. And that's where a lot of the Prometheus connections happen. In the first half of this movie, you could watch it on its own, as as its own alien movie, and it would be fine. I do agree, I do agree with that. But then there does come a point where it is it does connect back because then you are finding out about oh, so this character did this, and now this he's been doing this this whole time, and blah, blah, et cetera, blah blah blah. 
And also, then they throw in other things that didn't make sense that... Oh, I don't know if I'm getting... I would get in the spoilers talking about We'll talk but about I that say, I will say that the movie got me back in the last third. And I actually... Before we before we saw this movie, I'd listened to another review uh, from a couple of people I like uh, online. And they said that the mo- they liked the movie sort of for the first two-thirds. And then the last third was total bullshit. And I don't know if I agree with that. I actually was quite entertained by the last third because Ridley Scott just decided to say, screw it. I'm going to give you what you want. Here's some alien action that is really well done. I don't know if you feel that way. I, I think the, the last third has some weaknesses. The last third is... In terms of plot, and it seems <laughs> to try to wrap up a few things that don't necessarily need to be wrapped up. Yeah, that uh, the, the very wrap-up is, I think, what left me feeling uncertain i think that's why like sometimes when you leave a movie the very end emotion sometimes carries over with you and i had this feeling when i left the theater like god ridley scott must be kind of a miserable human being well i uh, <laughs> i think i think a little hot more highly of the ending than you do but we'll talk about that in the second half of the podcast i would say that there's a lot of the, the script is better than prometheus mm-hmm. i will say that generally but it, at the same time, when it deals with Michael Fassbender, who I think is, as an actor, is really strong here, uh, especially for a reason which, again, we'll have to. Talk He's about a really spoilers. strong actor because they shoot him so that in so that he really looks like Peter O'Toole. Hmm. You didn't notice that. I was well. It makes sense because well, see, now we're talking about Prometheus had a moment where he's watching Piero, he's watching Lawrence of Arabia. Right. How th- that's that connects. It's... If it's being intentional, then they're then oh, they're actually okay. succeeding. Let me change my opinion. Watch Prometheus <laughs> so you can understand why we have so many Peter O'Toole references here in uh Alien Covenant. Yeah, that makes it totally worthwhile. Uh, no, Let's do that. Uh, all right. Sure. Uh, all right. You're killing me, Jack. Dude, you're you're uh, I'm trying to make a point about how <laughs> The stuff that does connect to Prometheus, even if it's just tangential, is still troublesome to me. I All right, don't know. Uh, now, I, now I don't understand. Explain uh, what you're talking about here. Uh, it's just, it started to lose me a little bit when it's, when, I just, I, I can't talk about this without saying who okay is we're, we're gonna argue this in the second half all right now let's let me, talk let me try let me put it this way i there's a point where the movie slows down which is fine like midway through they they want to try to develop some ideas they want to try to show you a little bit more about what certain characters have been going through over time and um and the thing is for me i was I was more invested in just the mission with these Covenant characters. Mm. And then when they were bringing in other elements in, it just... Like, there was just one scene in particular where they show a flashback explaining how something happened on this on this planet that they landed on. And that just didn't quite work for me. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. It's going to be hard to talk about the plot of this without talking about spoilers. So let's talk a little mm. bit about um, the characters. Yeah. No, no. I will say, are... here's here's what I liked about this script. This time, like in Prometheus, one of the problems, which I'm sure we've talked about before, is that you're sp- you're having, you have this group of scientists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go, go on this planet. And they do a lot of stupid things. There's no reference to it. They do some. They make some really. Yes. Yeah, Prometheus. They make some stupid decisions, and it kind of colors how you're viewing it because you're wondering like, why would they? Why would they do that and this and th- why would they? Do, why is that happening? Why, why? And there are other elements in that script that are that make it really problematic. But a problem with the characters were just a lot of decisions that would take you out of being invested with them. Making characters making dumb decisions. Yes. That you as an audience yeah. member can see are dumb. Here. Um, when characters, things happen to the characters, and it's not out of things that they're doing that are really dumb. It's just things unfolding as 
they do. Yeah. It feels more natural. It's it's it doesn't feel like when when things go wrong in this film, it doesn't feel like this sort of unforced error. Yeah. Like a stupid mistake. It just feels like well, no one could have seen that coming. Uh, it's just really tough that it happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not because of their stupidity. It's just because, you know, bad luck, really. Yeah. Which one of these characters says he does not believe in. Yeah. There are yeah, only yeah. three. There are three. There are only. Th- okay. There are five characters who are worth naming in this. Yeah. The main me, character yeah. is. Yeah. Um, well, there's Daniels, played by Captain Waterston. She's right. kind of our quasi-Ripley-ish. Well, uh, Numi Rapace was our quasi-Ripley back in Prometheus. But this is kind of another Ripley, you could say. Another strong female character. She, well, she's not another Ripley. She's just... No, a, no, 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 no. A, I'm not saying she's exactly just, like she, Ripley, she's but a she, com- She's a compelling uh, female character. She's a compelling character. female character right. and, who and, has a short haircut. Right. And I, <laughs> and I think she was pretty good in this. Yeah, oh, she was great. Yeah, I, I will grant her that. Like, I've been a fan of hers for quite a bit, uh... When I she was she's in uh, Inherent Vice, right? Uh, and she's quite good in that movie. Um, oh, I've seen her in a number of things. Um, Billy Crudup is another main character we should mention. He becomes the captain of the ship. Uh, uh, one of the things in the beginning of the movie. This isn't exactly a spoiler, but if you heard that, you may have heard at some point that James Franco was in was cast in this movie. No. James, James Fra- Franco dies in the first five minutes. James Franco is in this movie the way that, um, uh, oddly enough, it made me think of another space movie from last year, the movie Passengers. In that movie, Andy Garcia pops up for literally one scene. And that's kind of like James Franco here. I almost wondered, okay, so they cast him because he, did he just want to be in an alien movie? Or was it just... Uh, that's a good enough reason for James Franco to lobby for the role. Uh, but you know he he gets toasted literally, yeah. right? <laughs> but, but Billy Crudup right there in the in the in the first part. Yeah, Billy Crudup plays uh, the captain. His name is Orem, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's the one who makes the decision to go down to this planet, even though they've charted a course to this other planet. Now, in a way, you one might want to argue, well, isn't that a dumb decision that well, character makes? I don't necessarily think it is. It's more just. He's really rattled about what happened. Like, there was a solar flare that caused their ship to have a malfunction. Some pe- some of the people in cryosleep died, that include James Franco. So he was trying to do something to get things moving. I don't know. Well, so, they also get a, a message from someone who seems to be clearly human. Yes. Yeah. Out yeah, in deep too. space, which They're, is they play, crazy. He plays a song. Yeah. <laughs> then you have uh, yeah, D- uh, Danny McBride is another main character too. Yeah, not not the most prominently featured character, but he, he but he does a pretty good job. He does a lot of things. He he's a very proactive character. He's uh, he, he he's he kind of stays on the the main Covenant ship that's kind of flying out and sp- above the planet. Um, when and you I, say I like... main Covenant ship, I think I I I, I begin to think that you're thinking you're talking about Halo. <laughs> I haven't really played Halo. It's okay. Don't uh, worry. But you know, I mean, because there's like the tiny Covenant pod that comes from the ship. and The, the, the shuttle thing, like from Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the shuttle down. And uh, and then the other main character is Walter, who is uh, Michael Fassbender. Right. And, um... and basically everybody else is just crew. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of people in this movie. Uh, you may know some of these people, like Damien Bashir. And then this movie, do you remember, you know who he is? I can't place the name. He, he, well, he looks a lot different. You wouldn't recognize him without the beard. He was uh, Bob in uh, Hateful Eight. Cool. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, Carmen Edjogo. Um, other actors who I'm not quite recognizing right now. But the point is, yeah, there are a lot of crew. Um, to me, here's something about this I wanted to question you. Do you feel like this, like Ridley Scott decided with this movie, okay, there are things about Prometheus that I tried to do, the audience didn't really seem to take to it, let's try to take it back to maybe more of its slasher movie roots I, of the first movie? No, I don't think so. There, really? There are a few scenes that, that are reminiscent. This is a slasher movie. There, there are There's lot... one scene in particular that is so much a slasher movie, man. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh my god, I but was I just feel laughing. like... I feel like Ridley Scott 
had a lot more freedom to get into bigger ideas than he did in Prometheus. Huh. He, I mean, he, there's a lot of very high concept things. They don't beat you over the head with them, yeah. but there are a lot of big ideas to think about, such as creation and about manipulating the world around you and trying to forge your own destiny and being this sort of superhuman entity, mm. which I found re- really interesting. It, it, it drives a lot of a lot of the plot I mean, in the background, mm. but it's it seemed like I mean we're going to talk about how so much better this is than Prometheus for a, a lot know, of ways, I know, but I mean I Prometheus seemed to be seemed seemed pretty heavy handed with its with its concepts, but then they didn't really figure into the plot. This has a much lighter touch, and it works as a much better motivation for characters' actions. Maybe. I mean, the, the the entire idea of the alien and its very nature lends it to a lot of questions about how is nature supposed to work? What happens if you're an obsolete creature? And what is going to come next? Hmm. I mean, Walter brings, uh, Walter is a really interesting sort of catalyst for that question as well. I mean, he's a synthetic human. He has a really good scene involving a, would you call it like a lute? No, a lute is a stringed instrument. That's a, you're talking about a flute. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a flute, but it was almost more like a recorder type flute. That wasn't like a real one that you hold. It's more like, yeah, up front or something. There's a really, I, I like that scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of point that that tries to point to some of the ideas in a way that is not direct. And I I do appreciate that the movie's still it's trying to traffic in these big ideas. Um, that it, it in a makes way that, you it makes you feel like the movie is about a lot more than scientists stranded on a planet. Well, with, well, with, well again, this time it's not really crazy, that. crazy powerful aliens See, I, they ripped them apart but to me what, what i kind of liked almost was that like how it did function though as an action movie i did i cared mm. about the characters and i think that was what drove me a lot yeah and the movie. action was pretty good yeah it was pretty it was pretty good that the reason i bring up that now, now there are some schlocky little moments near the climax or i don't know if you would almost call it two climaxes that's something else about this movie that we can get to. I don't know if how technically you would define what the climax of this movie is. Possibly three climaxes. No, no. I'd say there are two climaxes and a denouement. Maybe, I would say right. that for, probably. But, and again, I was still invested in it. I actually, this is the most, uh, well, I actually thought Martian was really, really good. And I, I still strongly recommend everyone to check out The Martian um, as a, a really fun movie. I just I when I said that I I kind of wondered if Ridley Scott if he's kind of miserable it's just did he think that he did a really good job on Prometheus and he thought eh, I'm gonna give the audience what they want with this one I'm just gonna throw in lots of action or is it actually giving you the balance of action and ideas because it seems like you think it does well I would say if I had to balance action against ideas in this well I mean science fiction ideas like. Trying to be a real science fiction movie. Well, I think this film really earned its science fiction stripes, especially in the beginning, where you yeah. have no that that, that where is you true. have problems very much rooted in the realities of space travel. Yeah, that was now, great. They have to abandon that as they get onto a planet. Yeah, which is pretty much like Earth. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of that goes by the wayside, but then there are other ideas, like I was talking about earlier, which is about you know the na- nature of creation and things like that and yeah uh so i think this really i it it really does earn that science fiction title okay it's just if i had to weigh the action against the ideas of this film the ideas would come up a little lighter okay uh, that's what i'm that's thinking. fair that's fair um not that that's bad though yeah no 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 i would say that this uh, i would if this we, is much clo- this is a little closer to alien than it is to aliens. Yeah. I I could see that. Well, yeah, I mean the yeah, the I, action isn't nec- yeah, the action's not aliens per se. 
Uh, it has more action than Alien, but not as much as Alien. This is more Aliens than Alien 3. <laughs> more human than human. Um, I don't know. Well, I haven't seen Alien 3 These in a are the while. words of a human, not a Roman. I have not seen Alien 3 or Alien Resurrection. In I have not seen Alien Resurrection. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'd be curious what you think about it. Not all of it's... I I'll probably of, think it's not very good. I kind of defend Alien Resurrection. Like, that's a movie that... Because it has, has Ron Perlman in it. Well, no, not, not just that. Well, yeah, maybe a little. That helps. <laughs> you can't always go too wrong with Ron Perlman. Uh, ex unless if he acts with Nicolas Cage. Um, but, uh, um, but no, I, I would say... I would recommend this movie. Would I recommend it like as highly on the level of Alien? No. Well, Aliens had a lot of years to build up his reputation. Yeah, I. Uh, but I do agree with you that you know this does not have the wow factor of a film like Alien. No, but was, it's still yeah. a pretty solid story and a pretty solid film. If you asked me, if you asked me if if I do think that this is better than Prometheus, I would ultimately have to come out and say yeah. But I still do have problems with it. I, I have more problems with it maybe than Andrew. But again, maybe this might change after I've thought about it a little bit longer. We just came back from seeing the movie. Sometimes I, I have a I I need to take a little bit of time to process certain things. Um, Fair enough. And you, but I will but I will say two days I, from now you might have that the thought is gonna click into place that really nails what you think about it. That yeah. happens to me all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, so this whole review is meaningless. <laughs> no, no, it serves a function. We, 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 you know, we. You want to hear our fresh thoughts uh, right after we've seen it, and fresh know, some... off the vine. Exactly. Movie thoughts. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want the wine when it's been you know there a week, or do you want it fresh off of the grapes or whatever? You don't know how wine works, do you? No. <laughs> I okay so let's so, wrap that up let's get into spoiler territory so so now, you because would, we have so much to so talk generally about though, in terms of so in general you'd here. say that you'd recommend it too yeah okay this was this is well worth going to the theater for okay so let's take a pause here so if you want to avoid spoilers uh you might want to pause now and join us uh near the very end of the review or if you don't or care, if, you or can... if you want to be cool like the rest of us, you can just listen straight through. Or if you don't want to slam your head against glass like the Xenomorphs thing is in this movie. Spoilers. Uh, it's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Okay, fine. All right. So spoilers. talk a little bit about something in general there's there's something that i like to call movie sense it okay. can also be kind of known as like metagaming metagaming let me explain so it involves something that's in, meta? think uh think about it this way in alien covenant the colonization ship is heading to a planet that's seven years away uh but they the captain decides we're going to go to this other planet that looks like it's awesome and is only a few weeks away. Deep down in your heart, with your movie-knowing sense, you know this is a bad idea. Yeah. But it's not because of anything in the movie. It's the way the movie is feeding us this information and setting it up. Because we know that a movie called Alien Covenant is going to have deadly aliens and terrible decisions. Well, yeah. Right. So that's what I that's like what I call movie sense. There's nothing like in real life if we were like, "Hey, that planet looks way better than the one we're going to and it's so much closer. Why don't we go to that?" That would probably be a very smart decision. Hmm. Even, you know, at the time. Now, uh, here's a question. But, you know, but, here's a qu it's uh, it's nah. a it's a thing where it's just like you know how the thing's going to turn out. So you as an audience member are like, "No, don't do it. Don't do it." Can I bring up a question that occurs that occurred to me when I was when that happened? All right. So they're they're going to this planet that is a number of years away that they have to go into cryo sleep to get to do. Um, now they said that they spent. Did they say that they spent ten years 
trying to find this planet? Well, scientists have been looking for planets to live on, and they, after a while, they found the planet they were going to. Yeah, but then why does this just suddenly pop up? Wouldn't this pop up and occur to them sooner? Well, that was another thing that wasn't that wasn't really answered in no, the film. No, it why was not. didn't astronomers find that planet? Yeah, and when, that, that especially was, when it looked so awesome for and life. The, and that was the, something that was a. Not, not, I, I ended up, I, I suspended my disbelief because I, I know they have to go to this planet, but it just seemed a little odd that they wouldn't, that this would not have ever come up over all these years for the, for the, for this team going there. That's a loose end that never gets explained. Or no, it doesn't. And uh, it's, so, it's, you know, now, you have a valid point. Yeah. It, it's a flaw. I is think, it, oh, is it important? No, it's just a little bit of sloppy writing that they yeah. never really bothered with. Yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit of a holdover from Prometheus. It's <laughs> not as bad a question as some of the ones raising that, but it is one. But speaking of Prometheus, okay. middle of the film, David comes back. David comes back looking like... Now, you said Peter O'Toole. The image I got in my head, and I think I even leaned over to you in the theater... He looked like Iggy Pop. Yeah, that's before he cuts his hair. <laughs> yeah, he had like longish hair and it was like blonde and styled in such a way. And maybe it's also really like, stringy. Yeah, He's really stringy hair. Bedraggled. Yeah, and I thought, and then he starts singing to himself, and I'm like, is he about to sing like down on the street? Good luck in the. That, that's the song that Peter O'Toole sings in Lawrence of Arabia when he's in that canyon and it's echoing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Wow, I totally forgot about that. Right. The man um, who broke the bank at Monte Carlo. Yeah, well, you know why I forget that the lyrics of that is because, like, when he's singing that, I just remember more of the echoes. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, David pops up halfway through the movie. He's been on this planet for all this time. Ten years. Uh, ten years. And, uh, you know, and he, try and he tries to tell the, the Covenant people who are there and still alive. Uh, because right before this, that you know, the, the 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 crew got attacked by alien spores that just kind of went into their, you know, whatever uh, orifices. Orifices, and you you have one of the more gruesome deaths I've seen in a long time, where it's not a chest burster this time; it's a back burster. Oh yeah. Oh, that was uncomfortable. That guy, uh, <laughs> alien comes straight through the back. He flops over like a sack of like a sack of meat. Yeah. Now the thing now. And you no, know, what we were talking about a little bit earlier, as far as the movie talking about these bigger ideas about existence and how creation works, so a lot of that comes through because of David, because uh, he he has been on this planet all these years and has been, uh, I guess you could say, doing experiments. Oh yeah. But that's not reveal. Is that revealed right away, or does that come out as? Yeah, it's like the end of Act Two. Yeah, the end of Act David Two has is... been super busy messing around with stuff. Yeah, and he's been especially fascinated with just what these alien creatures are themselves and how to control them. Um, the thing is about like the the ideas that are being expressed in the movie, and there are a number of there there are a couple of conversations or dialogue scenes between David and Walter, which I think is what you were getting at as far as the movie bringing up these ideas. Right. I just felt like the movie was kind of cramming them in for me. Like, it didn't feel as organic as I would have liked, except for that moment with the flute. That actually worked for me. Mm. because, And maybe it was also the way that it was shot, the way that the camera's kind of going between David and Walter sitting there and how he's showing Walter how to do it. And then Walter realizes that, you know, he's been had all these upgrades... Uh, from his masters, but he never had creation. He could never do that. Creativity, that, yeah. Creativity, and I guess David did. Um, David is, you know, I guess in this world of Alien, David is the first synthetic human. Yeah. So he is a few stages behind Walter, but there are several key differences where, in which, in some cases, Walter is more advanced, but in some cases, he is less yeah. advanced. I think that some of the, just some of the writing in that. Um, aside from, I don't know, it's not necessarily, maybe it's, that's because uh, when we talk about what a movie has to do sometimes in terms of its structure, you do want to try to slow it down because you know, okay, we need to kind of slow it down a little bit here, maybe spend some more time with the characters, 
you have a moment where Billy Crudup apologizes to Catherine Catherine Waterston, for example, which is and, but then just some of the things between David that he was talking about, I just I don't know, some it just didn't work for me. I just, I want to talk about that scene just a little bit because it seems so well done. My, Michael Fassbender does a great job playing two characters. Oh, he does. In the same scene together. That's, that's and fine. it's such a well-performed scene and mm-hmm. so well-written, I think, mm. that you don't even look for the seams in the scene. Mm. Because you know both of these people are Michael Fassbender. Yes. And you're never like, no. how how did the special effects department do this? Or, or it's like, how did they CGI this in? And you know they had That's, to work super hard on this scene to make it work. It's the but, best visual effects of the film. Yeah, it's and, which surprisingly. Is fun, which is funny because... Aside from making uh, David look like Peter O'Toole. But, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty good. A little bit, yeah. Whereas some of, not all of them, but a couple of the times when you see the alien creatures, you can kind of tell they're CGI. Well, we expected the aliens to be CGI. No, yeah, you know, it's just, um, well, going back to the original alien. Are we surprised that an alien was a computer-generated image? No, no, of course not. No, no, I, I don't mean to say it like that. I just. But does it have the presence of the one alien of those or... in Alien? Not really. Right, and we're not just talking about this because we're just old and say no. practical effects are better. But you know, in Alien, it was this sort of puppet and suit that really had a presence because it was all there and it moved in in this very natural you way. And moved... the Alien in Alien still holds up now, not just because of how it looks, but because of how really well they shot it and how they use those uh that puppetry you, you'll never get the chestburster scene again the way that you did in the first movie you, you just can't do it although we do get a chestburster oh scene you get a couple of them in this movie yeah i feel like you get at least oh, oh no one directly um in this film i think we get really a lot more of the savagery of the aliens oh yeah because yeah. even in alien they were limited by how much they could do with this sort of, with this puppetry and how much gore they could have in aliens. It's really hard to, to really get a sense of how aliens kill people. But in this one, we really see these, these aliens go to town on people. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the action in this, when the aliens attack is just, uh, pretty brutal. Um, and it's shot in such a way that you can tell what's going on, even though it's very chaotic. It was a little... Tr- a little choppy? Uh, the, the only time I had problems with the action were when... Um, Maybe in that first time... When, when, it's when like... we had David fighting Walter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there's a moment where it almost turns into like a kung fu fight. That was a little cheesy. I had a feeling that you... I I had this sense out of the corner of my eye seeing you being like, give me a break. I I think I turned. Didn't I turn to you and we kind of shared a look? I don't. We I think we shared, we a, shared look a look. At some I point. don't remember if it was at that point. I I I felt a little bit in that moment like, oh, oh come on. So it has to come down to this uh, that they're fighting each other like this. And uh, um. When I talk about that, that this that when when I said that this is a slasher and you kind of disagreed, I think I watch it, when you when I talk about a slasher, I mean in terms of the formula of okay, you have this group of characters, you know that there's it's only going to be a matter of time before one is knocked off and then this guy and then this guy and this guy. Usually, it's the least important characters, the one that you don't even get to know their names. Um, we go through the unnamed characters. Well before we touch the main cast, yes. Yeah, and then th- then you do touch the main cast too, and uh, and I even thought, yeah, Billy Crudup's probably not going to last because, in a not not quite the same way, but he is a little bit of the function of uh, Tom Skerritt in Alien, like he you know because he was the captain in that, um, and he didn't uh, spoiler he didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but I that's what as far as okay the aliens now going to knock off this person and this person now it's not now and then eventually um here's what let me let me get now into act 3 because I want to talk about this a little bit. All right. So when I talk about that this movie has two climaxes and I'm and now in a way 
I don't know if I have a problem with that as far as just there's how... the big action scene where they're trying the, to get off the planet. The people are trying to get off the planet and the alien has latched onto their ship yeah. and they're trying to fight it off. So yeah, that would be uh kind of that would be like a false climax. Yeah. And well, then there's a second one where they're on the ship and it's found out that one of the men had some al- had an alien inside of him and it's burst out and it's skulking through the ship. Yeah, through and, the that, and, and then they have that action scene. And then there's the really slashery explo- explo- exploitation shot of two people in a shower. Well, that's kind of in well that's part of that climax. Yeah, I know. That's that, see, I'm just that's, saying that's when it happens. That's where I just kind of burst out laughing. And I knew that I'd seen the That clip was of in the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah. Yeah, but even in the movie they 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 put that in there and I'm like So you're finally going for it, Ridley. You're like, eh. eh, screw it. Let's have two people in the shower. Like, that was like out of blowout. Well, think, about, <laughs> think about Alien. Alien, we have our false climax when Ripley escapes the ship. We have our second climax when she's on that sort of escape shuttle. Oh, and she takes she off her takes suit off and she's her clothes and she's basically in her underwear. And that's when the final confrontation with the alien is because he's stowed away aboard the ship. You know, pretty similar to the situation we have in Alien Covenant. I think that the thing with Alien Covenant was maybe I just knew it was coming. and But then when they show it, it it just looked a little gratuitous. You could say that, but does that detract from the film in, in, as a no, whole? No, 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 it doesn't. It was just a moment where I went, yeah, sure. What? <laughs> uh, when I talk about, you know sh- when, I, when I talk about schlocky, here's what I mean. In that first climax, when they're trying to escape the planet, and Dan McBride has this little ship and is trying to maneuver it because the alien is crawling all over it. You know, it's doing that thing where the, you can't catch the xenomorph. And Catherine Waterston decides, I got to go out here and shoot this thing. And she's like hanging off of the ship and going like, Aah! and then somehow comes back around and is able to do some things with Danny McBride and it's exciting, but just seeing her dangling and little moments made it a little bit ridiculous. It is a bit over the top. Yeah. And with how much swinging she does and with how much that ship careens, you know, you get a sense that they're going in circles, but you, you don't feel like you have any sort of handle on that. You're, it's kind of disorienting. Yes. And I, and in a way, the way that, that, plays out i think it's meant to be disorienting yeah but it is a little excessive yes i'll you know uh that's all but that's all i can really say about it yeah it's it's, they just they get rid of the alien in a kind of clever way yeah no no they do ultimately um it is kind of clever how they finally get it and then in the second part where um i had another quick question this just occurred to me it and I, I know I shouldn't... I know, as you said, you don't have to see Alien or Aliens to see this movie. I and mean, see but, them by all means. But, well, I think that at least 90, 90 to 95% of people seeing this movie have likely seen Alien and or Aliens. I don't think so. You don't I think mean, so? What, you think, think about how many people... Um, who put this movie out? Fox. Okay, Fox. Think about how many people would have to buy tickets to Alien Covenant for it to make a profit. Uh, probably a good uh, couple of mil- hundred million or so. Right. Do you think all hundred million of those people have seen the first two Alien movies? Very likely. I don't think it's very likely. Really? No. You don't think so? Not in my, not considering the experience I've had with other people in my lifetime. Alien and Aliens are two of the most popular the, movies the, ever. The vast, not, just, not just genre movies, just popular movies. Yeah, but the vast, I think the vast majority of people who will buy tickets to see this movie will be young people. People who don't necessarily have an interest in the Alien franchise as a whole, hmm. but will go to see this because they want to see a science fiction somewhat gory monster movie. Hmm. And that's fine. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not fine. I'm just... With that in mind, okay, but for the people who have seen Alien and or Aliens, um, something in Alien, it seems like it takes a while for when John Hurt, you know, the the the, the chestburster uh, gets latched onto him, right. and you know the the alien is 
depositing its eggs or whatever it is into his body and it's gestating. It that seemed like it took a little longer than it does when you see like the, the, how the chestburster works in this movie. They really... I don't know if that's nitpicking, but it seems like the chestburster. So here's one of the spoilers: Billy Crudup gets it, which is I think that was a moment where you actually made a sound when he's going closer to the egg and <laughs> Michael Fassbender is David's like, go closer, it's fine. <laughs> I think you were just, it was one of those moments where you just talked to well, a movie screen. because I've seen Alien. Yeah. Well, I know go. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm, even people who haven't seen... And you know, I think this technically takes place before the, the film Alien. No, it does. Right. Yeah. So, at this stage, even Alien hasn't taken place for people to know this is a terrible thing that happens when you get close um, to an alien. But, uh, what, but, so, but did it feel like the... the how quickly the alien develops and comes out was a little faster oh, than yeah. an alien. Oh yeah, it feels like an hour. Yeah, passes. and also and also I mean, Damien Bashir Billy, has that too. Billy Crudup just you know he gets he gets his face hugged, and then the next time we see him, face hugger's fallen off. Yeah, and it's and we have an alien comes out of his chest, and it seems like twenty minutes later it's a full sized alien. I mean, we didn't get too much of a sense of how long it took an alien to really grow to full size in Alien, but we did have this feel that it took a good deal more time than it does in this film. Yeah, well, it that's could... kind of a nitpick. It's kind of an inconsistency between the two films, but it was just something I noticed. That's yeah, all. I you're right. Whether people, other people notice it too, we shall see. It's just something that occurred to me that maybe was there for. Plot convenience sake? It was, yeah. Yeah. Do you know how uh, the guy on the ship who gets chest burst? Do you know yeah, Demi Mashir. Do you know how the alien got on him? Well, the, the, the chest burst... Well, the, che the chest hugger was on him, briefly. I don't think so. I thought it was, though. It was, but they got it off. But didn't it... And he didn't even lose consciousness. I think it's another way. Do you really? remember in the scene where where they're fighting the alien on that on that ship as they're trying to escape. Okay. Walter, who we know now is David. Oh yeah, that's another big pulls sp uh, the bandage. spoiler. It's actually been David. He's back. All right. Pulls a bandage off of his face, puts another one on. And they take the time uh, to show us that. Which means really it's important. It. I didn't really think about that. So I thought he's he was just putting another bandage on. He's probably put wow. some some of that alien biological goo on his bandage. But then, but then how's that? But they but they never really explained how that would happen though. Clearly, the biological goo does bad things <laughs> to people, and he was putting it right on an open wound. But then, but but then, but in that case, so that he puts the biological goo on his face. And then just half an hour later, a fully formed xenomorph is out of his They're body. They're playing a little fast and They're loose. They're playing with these really rules. fast and loose there, buddy. A little, but not terrible. But <laughs> see, here's it would have made more sense but if like, he, get, see, I thought but, it was just that the that the eggs had gotten into him already. I thought I mean, that was fine. Maybe, but you know he if they try I mean it's like he could have said like I got this thing on my face, and I might have done something to me. But they don't cover that. Meanwhile, use your movie sense. They take the time to show us David taking his bandage off and then putting another bandage on. In that case, I, well, all right. In that case, I don't I, think that's a red herring. I. Here's what I would say: if it's if it's not red herring, maybe I missed it as the, what we call in writing, plant that and payoff. If that was the plant, and then the payoff is, oh my God, Chest there's another ship. alien on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but when we talk about though, but on the one hand, okay, he does that happens, and then that happens. But when we talk about that it's playing fast and loose with the rules, but not too fast. No, just I enough. think it, it tweaks it just a little to 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 accelerate the timetable. It's just for me, it overcomplicates it. Where I would have a much, I would, I would more easily be okay with even though he just had the face hugger on him for a brief amount of time it still impregnated him so to speak yeah but then, then if but... then if somehow david managed to get him into alien mode somehow it just that was something that 
like not not to compare it too much to Prometheus, but that is a dumb Prometheus type rewriting move. Mm. Just that. You know what I find very interesting about this? This goes into a lot more reason on how the alien actually works, the xenomorph. Yeah. I it's it's interesting that the first infection by an alien is by these sort of spores that come out of these plants on the ground. Mm. And those go into a person. And apparently those things are alive somehow. I don't know how, quite how it works, but it goes into a person and then that guy, an alien comes out that's not like the aliens we've seen before. No, and that's cool. It's this sort of, I was, I was, it's I was this sort of quadru- quadrupedal, uh, small thing like the size of a dog and it's got spines on the back of its neck and it doesn't have the long black phallic head. It, it, it looked like a character, a little, a little bit like this character from this comic book, uh, that I that I really love called the Max. There are these little white monsters in it called the Is. Mm-hmm. And again, I this this is a real this might be an obscure reference, but if you ever if you Google the Is in the Max, you might see what I mean. They just had these giant heads with these smiles, and they had like arms and l- small legs and feet. Yeah, and that's not quite like this, but it's a little bit in that ballpark. And it made it scary. It yeah. brought a new element to it because. Yeah, we're used to seeing the xenomorph uh, type of design. Not so much this. And that was cool. I was fine with that. Now, we've seen that sort of thing in Alien 3, where, you know, an alien impregnates a dog, and that alien comes out different. Hmm. But they've gone through... In this film, in Covenant, they went through a lot more sort of demonstrations of what happens. Because, you know... This D- David has released this biological agent on the engineers. Yeah, he's gone to oh, their planet. That was something I wanted to talk about too. That so they they have that flashback scene, right? Where yeah, where where they show like how there are all these engineers in this gigantic uh, uh, place all in at a once. City. Yeah, in the city, and then they show that I guess it, so. It was David that was releasing all of those agents that killed everybody yeah see that was one of those moments that i i felt like if that had been cut out of the movie i don't think you would have lost that much well i i think that i thought it was a very interesting scene i I think think maybe perhaps it's misplaced it would here's here's the thing with this movie and again this might be because i i've seen alien maybe if you are going into this blind i'd be curious if somebody who hasn't seen alien or aliens just sees this and what their reaction is they if it has a little bit of that prequel problem not not too much but a little bit of the problem of we have to explain a lot of things about how the aliens work and also with these uh, creators when if you know the creators are the people who are are in full white like gigantic body men. I don't know how you describe them else. They're body men. Yeah, body men. <laughs> Perfect. But, <laughs> but um the the how you that's explaining that whole sequence is explaining how when the characters from the covenant they're following David into this where the city was to see you know to go to his place to 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 collect themselves. You, you, they see all of these bodies that are scattered around, and that is just a great image mm-hmm. to suddenly see. It takes you back for a moment to when you're in Alien, when they first go to that planet, and they're seeing all of these weird things that they don't that it's very ominous, and then they come upon that ship and the space jockey, and everything is just there, that, and you can interpret it any way you will. If I had, I, I would have seeing how seeing them explain it, how they all died, it just took away a little bit of mystery for me that could have been there, uh, just having it be that. Because then maybe you could, people, you could use your own intelligence and think about, well, I guess David had something to do with all those bodies, but you wouldn't have to have been shown it. You could think, you could kind of fill in the gap yourself as an audience member. Hmm, perhaps. Um, I don't feel too strongly about it. Uh, I think it could have been lost. Um, oh, here's a... Th- now, I wanted to say before that even though there are some over-exaggerated things in that first climax, 
I really liked how that second climax on when they well the 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 action set piece on the ship if it's the climax proper we could say I liked how that was just staged and directed mm. I thought that was just great because of the <laughs> the tension of it, leading the it, xenomorph through all these hallways and uh and uh Catherine Larson is trying to direct not Walter to close all these doors and to try to get him from one place to another to another right that and you know she's going with dame mcbride to do this that was intense yeah that was really well done and then then at the very end we reveal it's david Dave, uh, walter did not make it out no walter david did not make it out it's, him. he was the turkey all along uh, i i i had a feeling i did that it was that and i thought it, the movie would not have been good if it didn't do that Mm, yeah because they have that scene walter has david pinned down he's at his mercy but then they cut away david is reaching for a knife and they cut away and you know the minute we see walter again that there's doubt that it is walter no there's doubt i think that the movie though tries to the, the the but the movie does that thing we talk about movie sense uh i like that term that you're using um so in using our movie sense, is the movie trying to tell us, like, does it try to get us away from having that doubt, or does it keep it there? Because I'm not sure. I suspended I my doubt because during that second climax, I had this feeling like, well, wait, if it was David, he wouldn't be helping them so much. Yeah. I mean, it really seems like he's trying to help them. I guess why wouldn't it's he Walter. just let the like? It, why wouldn't he just let the Xenomorph take them? I yeah. I, I'm not sure though. I'm not sure that now. That doesn't if, make sense. I'm not sure now if that's a flaw or not. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what David's reasoning was at that moment. Did he want to just like? Because eventually he finally gets. They finally get the Xenomorph out. And how do you know if that was going to work? Was he just maybe gambling on he maybe they kill themselves in the process of getting the Xenomorph out? I mean, it would have been a pretty safe bet. But uh, I'm not sure why he allowed them to be to to, uh, to get that. That's far. why it felt like it was cheating a little. Not che- I don't want to use the word cheating, but it tried to. Yeah, when you first suddenly see Walter, but actually David running out with the with uh, Catherine Warston, Demi and Bashir, they're trying to run to the ship. There's a little bit of doubt there, but I tried to put that aside because then all of a sudden you see, do you think it's Walter trying to help them, and it um it, the, the, basically, it, it felt like a twist the, it felt like an like they were intentionally doing a twist where it was they i don't know if they quite did enough Maybe, it might it could have been a fake out for people with good movie sense but it's i think though if they had gone the route to where it was walter it wouldn't have been as compelling as what we do find out that it is David, what, yeah, and I figured there, as out as opposed co- to just having well the denouement I, clear, is that clearly he, David ha, has everything to gain by getting onto the Covenant because he can continue doing his alien experiments with over two thousand people in cryo sleep. Do you think that there's going to be a sequel to this movie? Maybe God. this movie was good enough to uh, to warrant one. I but again, we. We have not directly connected this film, this film to Alien. Hmm. There is well, no direct connection. I mean, there are things that are in Alien. We see xenomorphs the, as we recognize them, but I mean, there's no talk about that planet that that they land on in Alien. There's no space jockey we've seen go there. There's no well, reference. We've seen this, well, we saw the space jockey crammed in in Prometheus. But I mean, <laughs> but again, that's the thing. Prometheus doesn't connect that space jockey huh. to the planet we end up on. I feel I, I I still disagree with you that I think that if all right, could you see this necessarily without having seen Alien? Maybe not. I think you probably will have wanted or have probably already seen Prometheus. What I'm saying is... This is much more connected to Prometheus than it is Alien. Let me put it that I way. agree. Do I think it's necessary? No. And I think you will regret it if you watch Prometheus. <laughs> but you could say, though, on the other hand, you watch Prometheus and are disappointed, then see this movie 
and it's all the better because it's better than Prometheus. I mean, because if you if you hear us say that this movie's really good, that Prometheus sucks, you're going to be naturally curious about Prometheus. So you know what the hell, go watch Prometheus, and I've warned you. So whatever, <laughs> I'll just say I told you so. But then, if you're going to have to do that, see Prometheus first, if you absolutely must. I just uh, and the then why go I'm... see Covenant, and then some things about Prometheus will make a lot more sense, but it won't make it a better movie. I think that the reason why I'm bringing this up is because a Prometheus came out maybe four or five years ago, so it's not too long ago. So it feels like it came out last month. Really? That's how fresh the trauma <laughs> is. How fresh being in the Clockwork Orange chair watching it was. Um, well, I, nobody, it was also... nobody forced Prometheus on me. I just made a bad decision. Hmm. I don't I, think I, don't I have anything else to say about right, this movie. I have one last little thing I wanted to bring. This is so tiny. I'm just curious about this. Go ahead. So they're, the Covenant people, the, the, the team are first exploring the planet. And the one guy who gets the alien spores in his ear is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and he throws a cigarette out onto the onto the ground, and you made like a comment about. Like, I said thanks for littering. <laughs> it's like people, man. You gotta you land on a new planet. It's possibly where you're gonna live for the rest of your life. Awesome place. You're collecting biological sample, samples. You smoke a cigarette. Fine. You immediately become the first human being. To litter on another planet. Well, and what I said to you, what jackass? My whisper to you though is, who's going to stop him though? What what, the park ranger? You're part of the problem, Jack. (laughs) Well, you know, at that minute though, he's going to die. If anything, like that littering is the ultimate like justification. (laughs) You litter. You must become xenomorph. I'm not going to say that littering ju- justifies a man being I, torn up from the inside I, by an I'm alien kind embryo. Of, I'm, I'm kind of joking, by the way. I'm, I'm not just being saying, serious. Just I saying, just found it funny that you brought that up. Like, Does the it theater. surprise me that a human being would do that? No. Is it still a douchey thing to do? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a douchey movie character move. Hmm. Um, and probably a douchey movie in real I'm life. Go- I'm, I'm glad I don't remember that character's name. Yeah. Um, oh, there's also Wagner in the movie. I should yep. mention that. Robert Wagner. Robert. <laughs> the actor. I know, Robert Wagner. I loved him in Austin Powers. Yeah. He was, he was such a good number, too. Um, so, Alien Covenant. Uh, once again, like I would say earlier, um, just for those people uh, who might be curious... Uh, again, when I first started this review, I said I wasn't sure... Over the course of this hour talking, I think, yeah, yeah, I do think I, I like it a little bit more than Prometheus. Do I do I think that Ridley Scott in his head decided? Because again, I think that he probably thought he really hit out of the park with Prometheus, and whether or not the audience reaction got to him or not, he decided with this one, let's just give the audience a little bit more of what they want, which, admittedly, is comes down to good writing. <laughs> So hopefully he knew that in mind. This time there was no Damon Lindelof. Um, so there is some of that. But at the same time, it you could say that maybe there were some ideas that were sacrificed in place of that. But on the other hand, I thought that this was probably... Is, in terms of a Ridley Scott action movie, let's talk in terms of just saying it like that, in terms of how he does action and suspense, because... it, it's probably his best actiony type movie i've seen since god maybe american gangster i'm trying to think back through a number of the years black hawk down well that's before american gangster right like american gangster is 07 that's one since robin hood no screw that movie (laughs) although i like oscar isaac in that movie um but (laughs) that's a callback to one of our very first episodes um yeah, no, I, I, I did like this. Um, it, it, I still think it has problems. They're different problems. So I haven't than changed Prometheus. Uh, let me put it this way: I'm not. If you are up to, like the roof of the building, I am more kind of in the middle ground between the first You're floor at the windows door and the bottom. No, I'm a little above the door, but I'm not at the ground. Um, but. 
But yeah, but you would recommend it too. Yeah. Ultimately. Okay. All right. So thank you, everybody. Yeah. If you have a comment or uh, want to ask us a question or if you had your own thoughts about Alien Covenant and want, and want to tell us how we're absolutely wrong, email us and contact us through these methods, which Jack will tell you about. Wagesofcinema at gmail.com and facebook.com slash wagesofcinema podcast and twitter.com slash wagesofcinema. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, we hear from people all over the world. And that's very exciting to know that we're, whether they're doing it or not, we're being translated into other cultures and languages, I guess. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing being in this communicated world where we're all connected and don't have to worry about being killed by aliens. Um, so Because we're going to come together like an Independence Day. <laughs> and we're going to fight off these giant saucers by blowing up their super weapons. <laughs> With the help of Randy Quaid, hopefully. Um, so if you have any thoughts about the movie or aliens in general, you could send it to us there and, uh, come back with us soon where our next episode, we are going to, uh, talk about a rather notorious movie that was the very first time Marvel, uh, comics was adapted to the screen. That's all we're going to say about that. Try to tease you a little bit and, uh. We'll have lots of other good movie discussion for you uh, coming up in June. Just to give a little bit of a preview, uh, movies that are coming out that you might want to listen to. Uh, we're definitely going to see Wonder Woman and uh, The Mummy, and uh, and also uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. So I'm really looking forward to The Mummy. Mm, we'll see. You agree? I am looking forward to it. I yes, you are looking for Andrew's looking forward to that movie. Uh, we agree on that. Um, so, so, on behalf of the... Oh, yeah, no, no, I got it. On behalf of the oh, Wages okay. of Cinema, and you can do it. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And the Wages of Cinema is death, possibly by alien. <laughs> Good night. Sorry, that was an alien sound. I don't know how it... Apologies. Where is it?